Welcome to the Raw and Uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on today's installment of the Ambitious Podcast, we are going to be talking about the 15 signs that you might be an empath. And this is a one part to a two part series. On next week's installment of the Ambitious Podcast, we are going to be talking about all the ways that you need to live and start incorporating these things into your life so that you can thrive as an empath. Because being an empath, and I'm going to get to this in a second, but being an empath, especially right now in today's day and age, is not an easy task. And I'm really worried, not just about myself, but about all of my brothers and sisters out there who also are empaths, that this place in our human history is really taking a toll on us as a whole. And it's time to learn who we truly are. Like Shakespeare said, to thine own self be true. And once you learn who you truly are, then you can manipulate in a good way the world around you so that you can feel joy and happiness and evolution and leveling up. Because right now, a lot of my empath brothers and sisters are not leveling up. They're either treading water or they're drowning in the swamp of sadness. And it's really, really sad to watch. And I'm feeling it too. So that's why I chose today to do the Ambitious Podcast on the topic of the 15 signs that you may be an empath. And then, like I said, next week, we're going to talk all about the ways that you can thrive so that you can truly start living life ambitiously. But before I begin, we have no ads here on the Ambitious Podcast. So all I ask of you is two things. One is to share this podcast with as many people as you possibly can. And two, get on over to kbmfc.com and seek out the ways that you would like to experience me for yourself, whether that's purchasing my book, Ambitious, that is now out in hardcover, so it's available to everyone, whether it's getting a bitch box and being part of our 12-week book club that starts January 4th, or is it being part of the Ambitious 28-Day Fasting Keto Spirituality Yoga Protocol? Like whatever it is, we have some amazing things coming down uh, the Pretty Pink Pipeline. So I'd love for you to do those two things. And that's all I ask. That's it. It's not that big of a deal. Come on, guys. Get over there. Okay. So empaths. So I guess the question here is, do you often feel deeply tuned into the feelings of people around you? Do crowds make you uncomfortable? Would you or the people closest to you describe yourself as a sensitive person? If so, you might be an empath. So there's a doctor. Her name is Dr. Judy Orloff, and she's a pioneer in this field. And she describes empaths as those who absorb the world's joy and stresses like emotional sponges. In her book, The Empath's Survival Guide, 
life strategies for sensitive people. She suggests empaths lack the filters most people use to protect themselves from excessive stimulation and can't help but take in surrounding emotions and energies, whether they are good, bad, or something in between. And then Kim Egel, a San Diego-based therapist, expands this further. Empaths have a higher sensitivity to outside stimuli such as sounds, big personalities, and hectic environments. They bring a lot of heart and care to the world, and they feel things very deeply. Okay, so if this is sounding familiar to do to you, here are the 15 signs that you may be an empath. So you don't have to have all of them to be an empath, but you definitely are going to have more than not. Okay. So the first one is pretty obvious. You have a lot of empathy. The term empath comes from empathy, which is the ability to understand the experiences and feelings of others outside of your own perspective. So say your friend just lost her dog of 15 years. Empathy is what allows you to understand the level of pain she's going through, even if you've never lost a beloved pet. But as an empath, you take things a step further. You actually sense and feel the emotions as if they're part of your own experience. In other words, someone else's pain and happiness becomes your pain and happiness, which guys, for so many reasons, it's beautiful to be an empath, but it's so difficult if you don't know how to harness the power of this. So you want to uh, connect and develop a lasting partnership, but spending too much time with someone leads you to stress, overwhelm, or worries, okay? So as an empath, what happens is we take on other people's worries. We take on other people's sadnesses. We can even take on other people's illnesses and sicknesses and diseases. I've been around people before and they've been like had a cold and then like an hour later I'm like, oh, my throat starts to my throat's starting to feel itchy or my like I feel like a little heavy in my chest. And my husband will look at me and be like, dude, <laughs> you have like one thousands. I'm like, I know I don't know what's wrong with me. But it's about being an empath. The last couple of weeks when I've gone out, uh, like say I've gone out a couple times because we're doing a huge yard project in our yard right now. And I've had to go like out a lot to like pick out stone and different trees and things like that. And then like the, that night I'm like, oh, I say to Matt, I'm like, I feel like I'm coming down with something. And then on the next day I real I wake up and I realize, oh my God, I feel fine. And it's energy sickness. It's, it's because you're around so much energy that you're not used to it. And it actually can drain you on a physical level. So the first thing is, If you're an empath, you have a lot of empathy, but you go a step further and you actually start taking on the feelings, whether they're negative or positive by the other person. That's not always good. That can drain you. The second is closeness and intimacy can overwhelm you. Empaths often find frequent close contact difficult, which can make romantic relationships challenging. You want to connect and develop a lasting partnership, but spending too much time with someone leads to stress, overwhelm, or worries about losing yourself in the relationship. You might also notice sensory overload or frayed nerves, feeling from too much talking or touching. But when you try to express your need for time alone, you absorb your partner's hurt feelings and feel even more distressed. But setting healthy, clear boundaries can help reduce distress, Eggle suggests. You must know how to preserve yourself so you don't get your energy and emotional reserves swallowed up. 
So I'm not a, um, (laughs) I try to be like a hugger and I try to be like open to that. But being in Corona and not being able to touch anyone, I'm actually like, I'm good. I'm good. It's so strange. I always thought like I was a super lovey-dovey person and I was a super hugger and all this stuff, but I don't think I'll ever go back to like hugging and touching people. I'm just not a touchy-feely person. And I guess for a really long time, I was forcing myself to be that way. And I was realizing like every time I would touch someone, I would absorb their energy, even though I cloak and I protect myself and I have all of those spiritual tools that I talk about in my book, Ambitious, it still is difficult. So for example, I would have like these goddess gatherings or I'd have like spirit days at my gym or sound healings at my studio and everyone would want to hug me and kiss me and love me. And I'm like, okay, this is so nice. But then after I'd feel like I was like raped and pillaged, I I never could understand it. But now being, you know, deep into the pandemic and not being able to touch people and hug people and do all these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, it was never helping me. It was actually hindering me. So once we can, you know, gather again and start like loving on each other, I think I'm just going to keep the fist bump, elbow bump. I feel like it's better for me as an empath. The third thing is you have really great intuition. Have you ever felt like you have a strong gut reaction to things that feel a bit off? Maybe you pick up on dishonesty easily or you just know when something seems like a good or bad idea. This may be your empath trait at work. Empaths tend to be able to pick up on subtle cues that provide insight on thoughts of others. An empath's intuition often tells them whether someone is being truthful or not. (sighs) You ain't kidding. So right now on my Ambitious 365 protocol, we're doing a lot of third eye opening. We're decalcifying the pineal gland. We're doing a lot of intuitive work. And it's really amazing how the deeper you go down that rabbit hole, the stronger that your intuition becomes. Remember, we were all born with this intuition. We were all born to have that gut instinct to know when, you know, like when I was a little girl, I remember like... My there was this guy that my grandfather was friends with. His name was Red. And he would always come over to my mom and dad's house and get like water from our well. He was like a hundred million years old. But all the time, like I never liked him. I always got like bad vibes from him. And my mom would be like, oh, give, you know, give your uncle Red a kiss. And he would like kiss me. And I would be like, oh my God, yuck. It was like two wet clams kissing me. And, you know, We as children, especially, we can read people like a fucking book, but adults are always the ones that are like, oh, give your auntie a kiss or, oh, don't be mean to this person. And it's like, we as children know even deeper, like people's number. And then as we get older, we tamp down our intuition so much because it's rude. You know, when like, (laughs) I'll never forget this, like one time Matt went into the gym into his dojo. And this little boy, he had just drank a bunch of coffee and he was talking to this little boy. And this little boy looks at Matt and goes, your teeth stink. (laughs) I was dead. I was dying. I was laughing my ass off. And I was like, could you imagine if we were all just walking around like those incredible little light beings and just being like, "Your, your fucking breath smells like a dog took a dump in it like a week ago. But no, what do we do? We keep letting this person with bad breath talk to us and we just keep backing up and then they just keep getting closer and closer and closer. Like we need to be more intuitive and we need to be more childlike as empaths and just tell people how we really feel because most empaths don't and we end up internalizing it, which can cause so many problems, including burnout, depression, anxiety, illness, and disease. 
Okay. So the next one, and I feel this on so many levels of my soul, is you take comfort in nature. Anyone can benefit from spending time in natural settings, but empaths may feel even more drawn to nature and remote areas since natural environments provide a calming space to rest from overwhelming sensations, sound, and emotions. You might feel completely at peace when hiking alone in a sunlit forest or watching waves crash against the shore. Even a quiet walk through a garden or an hour sitting under trees may lift your spirits, soothe overstimulation, and help you relax. During quarantine, I started a garden, and it was some of the best spent hours of my entire summer this last year was just being in the garden and just being quiet and just like loving on my vegetables. I swear, I know this sounds so queefy, but I swear it like made my soul just sing. I felt so calm, so grounded, so at ease. Some people love to go to the beach and just sit and watch the waves. Some people love to hike. Some people love to, you know, just be in their yard with their with their feet out of their shoes and just ground. These are all amazing things for empaths. So if you love nature, you are definitely probably an empath. Okay, the next one, this is me to a T. And it's so funny because, and I'm gonna get into this in podcasts down the road, but I took a personality test two weeks ago. My online business manager, Kim Fox, she was like, you need to take a personality test and you need to figure out what, you know, your strengths and weaknesses are because, you know, once you figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are, you can start to really like evolve and level up. And I was like, you're so right. So I took this personality test and I'm actually an advocate, which is an INFJA. That's my personality type. And my strengths and weaknesses, when I found out what they were, I was like, oh my God. But one of the things is I'm an introvert. And I never realized I was an introvert because I always like really prided myself on being like life of the party and the funny girl and like, you know, like the troublemaker and always the one that's like pumping everybody up and getting everybody whooped up. But I realized, especially in quarantine, over the last couple months that I'm an introvert and I do better when I'm introverted and I'm just working on my little things that I'm working on and I'm focused on what I'm working on. And I notice that the people that I am an extrovert around are actually like my people. It's really hard for me to go into like a place where I don't know people and be that person. I get like wicked bad social anxiety, which I like, I get like the shakes. I like want to vomit. I get like super uncomfortable. I sweat my tits off. I don't know if this is you guys too, but if this is you guys, you're an empath. So you don't do well in crowded places. So according to this doctor, empaths can absorb positive and negative energy just by being in someone's presence. In crowded or busy places, the sensitivity may seem magnified to the point of being almost unbearable. Uh, Egel agrees, this other, other doctor, adding that empaths can be easily overwhelmed by feeling everything more intensely. If you can easily sense how others feel, you'll likely have a hard time handling the emotional noise from a crowd or even a smaller group of people for an extended period of time. When you are picking up on negative emotions, energy, or physical distress from people around you, you might become an overwhelmed or physically unwell person. As a result, you may feel most comfortable on your own or in the company of just a few people at a time. 100%. One million percent. The next way to see if you are an empath is you have a hard time not caring. 
An empath doesn't just feel for someone, they feel with someone. Taking in others' emotions so deeply can make you want to do something about them. Empaths want to help, but this isn't always possible, which can disappoint an empath. You may find it difficult to watch someone struggle and act on your natural inclination to help ease their distress, even if that means absorbing it yourself. So for me, one of my worst traits in the whole entire world is I always want to fix people's problems. Like all of my clients that work with me from all over the globe, like they'll come to me with an issue and as soon as they tell me what the issue is, my mind goes straight to work on how can I best help this person. But it's not healthy. You have to give people the tools, but you cannot use the tools for them. It's egoic if you try to do that. And it kills you as an empath because it just makes you feel helpless. So if you are always trying to, you know, not care, you're probably an empath. You're probably an empath. The next one is people tend to tell you their problems. Oh my God, this literally happens to me every day. I just was talking to my uh, 365 lifestyle protocols the other day and I was like, you guys, I love you. You are my soul sisters, but I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist and I am not a psychiatrist. I'm definitely not a doctor. So when you guys like talk to me on the phone or on Zoom or you email me and you dump your shit on me, I am not equipped for this. Sometimes we have to, and myself included, that's why I have therapists and shamans and all these different people that I work with because it's not fair for A, me to be putting my shit on my husband 24-7 and B, holding it all in and just festering until I just explode, right? So sensitive, empathetic people tend to be fantastic listeners. Your loved ones may feel comforted by your support and reach out to you whenever they experience difficulty. Caring deeply can make it hard to tell people when you approach the point of overwhelm, but it's important to find a balance. Without boundaries, unchecked kindness and sensitivity can pave the way for emotional dumps that may be too much for you to handle all at once. Empaths may also be more vulnerable to manipulation or toxic behaviors. So empaths are always the ones that people can gaslight the easiest. Your earnest desire to help people in distress can leave you unaware of signs of negative toxicity. You may have a deeper understanding of the painful fueling their behavior and want to often support. But it's important to remember, you can't do much for someone who isn't ready to change themselves. Right, guys? people will come up to me in the grocery store and just tell me their life story. I'm like, I'm just trying to buy some fucking roast beef, bitch. Get off my jock. (laughs) Step away from the vehicle that is my Whole Foods shopping cart. That's why I don't go out anymore. I just get Whole Foods to deliver. The next one is you have a high sensitivity to sounds, smells, and sensations. This is so me. Oh my gosh. An empath's increased sensitivity doesn't relate to emotions. There's a lot of overlap between empaths and people who are highly sensitive. And you might find that you're also more sensitive to the world around you. This could mean fragrances and odors affect you more strongly. Like, I can't... You know how those people put those plug-in things in their walls that make the house smell like fucking potpourri and poo-poo? You know what I'm talking about? I remember looking for a house years ago when Matt and I, before we found the house that we live in now, and we were going to all these homes in Wyndham, New Hampshire, and I would be like, like, 
Ugh. Like every person had like Yankee candle and those fucking poopery pop. What the fuck are they called? Poopery? Poopery. <laughs> those things that plug into the walls that smell like Christmas and fucking hurt feelings. <coughs> God, it's so gross to me. Uh I don't know why. It just makes me want to gag. I cannot stand smells like that. And jarring sounds and physical sensations may affect you more strongly. So, like, Matt and I, we recently put in, like, a surround sound in our basement in our entertainment room. And Matt will, like, be like, let's go watch a scary movie. And literally, when there's, like, a door that slams and it's in surround sound, I jump up to the ceiling like a cat. He's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, ah. Like, it makes me just mental. I can't handle it. You may prefer to listen to media at low volumes or get information by reading. Like right now, guys, especially where we're at with our country, we're in the middle of the election. We're at the actually the end phase of the election, depending on when you're listening to this. And like Matt will watch fucking news all day. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like it's making me nauseous. Like he was watching the debate the other day and I had to like leave the room. I was like, this is hurting my soul. And and it doesn't matter what you believe, if whose side you're on, what your political, you know, where you stand politically, whatever. It it's so fucking jarring, so jarring. And certain sounds can trigger an emotional response. So if you are very um, sensitive to sounds, smells, and sensations, you're most likely an empath. The next one is you need time to recharge. Heightened sensitivity to other people's pain can be draining, so empaths may find themselves easily fatigued. Even an overload of positive feelings might exhaust you, so it's important to take the time you need to reset. If you can't escape overwhelming emotions and rest your senses, you're more likely to experience burnout which can have a negative impact on well-being. Needing time alone doesn't necessarily mean you're an introvert. Empaths can also be extroverts or fall anywhere on the spectrum. Maybe people energize you until you reach that point of overwhelm. Extroverted empaths may need to take extra care to strike the right balance between spending time with others and restoring their emotional reserves. A couple weeks ago, I had to cancel my entire day of calls. Like I had calls from like early in the morning to late at night. I had to cancel the entire day because I was so frazzled. I was so emotionally exhausted that I was like, number one, I am not going to be at my best serving my clientele. And number two, it's not fair to me to take these people's money and not give them a million percent of myself when I'm on the phone with them or when I'm doing a one-on-one with them or when I'm doing coaching with them or whatever. So I just emailed them and I was like, yo, I need to take a mental health day And I rescheduled everyone and people were so grateful. They were just like, thank you for that. Because most people would just take these people's money and just be like, whatever. And I'm so not like that. I want to give the best of myself whenever people need it, whenever people are asking for it, and especially when people are paying me to give them a service. The next thing is you don't like conflict. If you're an empath, you likely dread or actively avoid conflict. Higher sensitivity can make it easier for someone to hurt your feelings. Even offhand, remarks might cut more deeply, and you may take criticism more personally. Arguments and fights can also cause more distress, since you're not only dealing with your own feelings and reactions, you're also absorbing the emotions of others involved. When you want to address everyone's hurt but don't know how, even minor disagreements can become harder to cope with. I'll give you an example. Um, The other day, I had a client of mine who I really respect, who is very liberal, and I agree with a lot of her views politically, 
um, and I love her. But she emailed me. No, I'm lying to you. She text messaged me, which, by the way, if you have my cell phone, it's a privilege. And I want and, – and vice versa. If I have your cell phone number, like, it's a privilege. Like, I'm not going to text you, you know, videos of animals being tortured at 7 in the morning so that the first thing you see when you wake up, when you open your phone, is, like, an animal being tortured in China at the Yuling Dog Festival. Okay? I'm not going to ever do that to you. So she had texted me this whole thing about Roe versus Wade and about abortions and all this stuff. So I saw her text, and I was like, oh, so-and-so has just texted me. I wonder what she's doing. And I opened it, and I was like, ah! Like, I was like, oh, fuck. Because I saw this image, and it was like just – I couldn't unsee it, and I and I couldn't unread it, and I was just like a mess. And I just said to her, you know, like, I'd really appreciate that you respected my phone and my cell phone and, like – can't you just say, like, hey, good morning? Like, I want to ask you a question, like, where you stand on this political view or, do you, like, how do you feel about this? Or, like, hey, I'm struggling with this. As a friend, as a colleague, as a client, can you help me, you know, as a coach? But she didn't do that. She just sent me this article, and I had, like, no choice but to read it and see the actual images. And I was so upset. And she was like, you know, if you're pro-life, you need to block me right now. And I was just like, first of all, it's none of your fucking business. Second of all, like, ew, what are you dealing with that, like, you're ha- – because it has nothing to do with me. It's about how she's feeling. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not doing this with you. Now, usually I don't like conflict, but I was just like, I have to do this for my own boundaries. I have to do this for my own sanity. And I just said to her, like, I really don't appreciate you doing this to me. Like, can you just come at me like, you know, like Sheree from Real Housewives of Atlanta is like, hello, how are you? How are you doing today? And then you can talk to me about the Roe versus Wade abortion situation. But like just to smash that in someone's face first thing in the morning, I think was so disrespectful. And and as an empath, like it jarred me. I was like fucked up for the rest of the day. Like I had anxiety for the rest of the day and I, I just kept trying to like move the energy and I couldn't. And I was like, this person is not healthy for me to be in my life. And I just like won't talk to her ever again. Like, I know that sounds mean, and some of you guys out there in ambitious land are probably like, damn, Katie, you're a savage. I have to protect my energy. There's only so much that my vessel can hold in a day. And if 50% of my energy is lost first thing in the morning by reading something that I have no business seeing because someone else doesn't respect me and respect my boundaries, then if I have to get into a conflict, I will. But I hate it. It makes me sick. So if you don't like conflict, you're most likely an empath. The next thing is you often feel like you don't fit in, okay? Despite being highly attuned to the feelings of others, many empaths find it difficult to relate to others. Others might not understand why you become exhausted and stressed so quickly. You might struggle to understand the emotions and feelings you absorb or feel like you aren't normal. This may lead to become more private. You might avoid talking about your sensitivities and sharing your intuitions so you feel less out of place. I really don't talk about my feelings with many people anymore because sometimes they'll hold it against me. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, you're such a drama queen or, oh, you're always like, you know, hiding. Yeah, because I need to fix my shit before I emerge back out into the world because if I don't, I'm literally like walking around like wounded, bleeding all over everybody. And that's not fair to anyone. The next thing is you tend to isolate. 
This is 100% me, especially right now, guys. I have been in like total, like turtle in her shell mode. Um, very, very cancer energy where it's like I'm the crab and I don't feel strong. So I have to go and hide until my, until my shell becomes strong again. Isolation can help empaths recover from overwhelm. So completely shutting out the world may seem healing, but prolonged isolation can take a toll on mental health. There are different types of isolation and some may offer more restorative benefits than others. Trying to take time alone outdoors and when possible and meditate in a quiet park, walk in the rain, take a scenic drive or be in your garden. If people drain you easily, consider adding a pet to your life. Empaths may connect to animals more intensely and draw deep comfort from this bond. No one is more my friend than my five-year-old Boston Terrier Pearl. She is my BFF. Like anytime I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed or depressed, if I just lay with her in my lap, it's like instant gratification. My whole entire energy changes. So if you tend to isolate, I get you. I feel you. I see you. I acknowledge you. I am you. But I've noticed that if I isolate too much, it starts to take a toll on me and my mental health. And especially right now that most of us in this country, in this world, are into forced isolation or forced quarantine or, you know, we're under, like I just saw in France, they're making people have 9 9 p.m. curfews. Like, Everyone's talking about coronavirus, but no one's talking about the isolation and the depression and the suicidal ideations and the actual suicides and the uh, and and the battery that's happening in people's homes and the abuse. Why are we not talking about that, guys? Why are we not talking about that? So if you are one of those type of people that tend to isolate, you're most likely an empath. But I'm telling you right now, take it from me. You have to figure out better ways to be in this world because the isolation is going to, it's going to hinder you. It's not going to help you in the long run. And the next one is you have a really hard time setting boundaries. Boundaries are important in all relationships. If you're an empath, you may struggle to turn off the ability to feel and find it impossible to stop giving even when you have no energy left. You might believe boundaries suggest you don't care about your loved ones when the exact opposite is true because the experiences of others have such an intense impact on empaths. Boundaries become even more essential. They help you set limits around words or actions that may affect you negatively, allowing you to get your own needs met. When you start to feel unable to decipher your emotions from those of others, it may be time to explore healthy boundary setting with a therapist. This is what I was talking about to my A365P girls the other day. I was like, I know that you guys love me and I know that you look up to me and I know that you think I have all the answers, but I don't. No one does. No one does. The next one is you see the world in a unique way. Deeper emotional understanding can drive your intuition, and you likely pick up on things other people miss or make connections that aren't clear to anyone else. But the increased connection to the world can also have drawbacks. Environments that don't provide much space for emotional expression can dampen your creativity and your sensitivity, leaving you disinterested, disengaged, and struggling to thrive. Um, People will tell me their problems, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) And it's not that I am like a mean person or that I don't understand humans. I just like, I operate on a totally different plane of reality. 
So sometimes when people get whooped up about shit, I'm like, I don't really understand why this is upsetting you. And then sometimes when people aren't upset about things, I'm like, why are you not upset about this? (laughs) So we can feel very much like loners, like outliers, like fringe dwellers, because we aren't with the herd. And that can be hard for empaths. But if you feel this way, you're most likely an empath. The next one is you sometimes find it tough to cope with sensory and emotional overload. It can be difficult for empaths to protect themselves from taking on other people's emotions. Good self-care practices and healthy boundaries can insulate you, particularly from negative emotions and energy. But the emotional noise of the world can cause significant distress when you lack the tools to manage it. If you're struggling to manage your own overstimulation on your own and it affects your quality of life or keeps you from relationships and other personal goals, a therapist can help you learn to develop boundaries and identify helpful self-care approaches. Remember, your needs and emotions are just as important as the ones you pick up in everyone around you. So, I have been working with a lot of therapists and shamans and healers and all these different, you know, coaches all over the years. And it's helped me immensely be a better human and stop hurting myself because, like I said, I am so much an empath. And it's a be, like I said before, when we first started the podcast, it's a beautiful thing, but it also can hurt. It can cut. It can burn. It can really really make a lot of things show up in your life that are not so yummy, like depression, like anxiety, like feeling alone, constant worry, constant feeling of not enoughness, helplessness, hopelessness. I mean, there's such a slew of things I could keep going on and on and on for years. But you guys, if you're an empath, you need to show up to next week's podcast because I am going to teach you all the ways in which you can not only survive in this world being an empath, but also thrive in this world being an empath. Because let me tell you, if you don't step up now and start to heal and start to realize who you truly are and learn how to navigate your way through this world, your life is not going to be easy, right? Like Les Brown always says, if you want a hard life, do what is easy. If you want an easy life, do what is hard. Thank you to each and every one of you for showing up here week after week, for spreading the ambitious movement all over the world. Thank you. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday. 